0: Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 66. Today we're talking about the healing that no one sees. The healing that God is bringing about in our lives that may well be quite hidden, may well be below the surface, but desperately needed. You know, so many of the stories, the narratives that we have about Jesus are all healing stories. When you look at the New Testament, most of the miracles are all healing stories. And I think that the reason that is, is because there's so much brokenness in ourselves and in the world around us. And in many ways, our life is one big, lifelong healing process. We struggle with so many things, and we're all so different, but some of us struggle with the healing of bad memories, or we had a miserable childhood. Some of us are brokenhearted. We've lost a love. Some of us have unfulfilled desires and dreams and goals. There's so many broken pieces to our lives. And this today, this is an account of how God works with our broken pieces. And this is from the Gospel of Lucas, Luke, Luke 17. And it's a story about the healing of ten lepers. It's a story, it's an account of Jesus healing ten people. Now, when we think about healing we often automatically think of physical healing. You know, when, when we hear that line, oh, this is a story about, you know, the healing of 10 lepers, we automatically think, okay, this is, this is about a physical healing. And Jesus certainly did physically heal people. Because in this story, you'll see that all 10 lepers were physically healed. But the fascinating detail in this text is one leper seems to receive a second healing in addition to the healing of his skin condition. So it's a healing that is not physical in nature. It's a healing that would be unseen to those around him. It's like a healing below the surface. It's like a a healing that's hidden and Let me just suggest before we even start on this passage, before we delve into this in detail, that this seems to be the most common way that God works with us on a daily basis. So, another way of saying this is in our day to day lives, uh, with our inner life with God, our spiritual life, it's all about healing. It's all about identifying brokenness so that we can be made whole. We can be more integrated. And for much of the time, it's all about the healing that no one else sees. Because, you know, we, we don't tend to <laughs> tell many people about our brokenness for various reasons, right? So, this is the story. They can't ten lepers who were healed but only one is made well. Very, very curious little detail there. So the story begins that Jesus is traveling with his students toward Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem. And before he gets there he draws near to this village. Now in every society lepers Kept to themselves. You've everybody's heard of the, the leper colonies, right? So it's lepers always were isolated, they always kept to themselves, outside, away from people. In fact, actually the treatment didn't come about until the 1930s. So for centuries, you know, people people who suffered under leprosy were had to stay away from society and stay within their own little groups away from everyone else. In fact there's a there's a church in uh, it's in Linlithgow and in the walls of the stone walls of the church they still have the holes, the peep holes, where the lepers would actually stand outside the stone church wall, the building, and look inside kind of fascinating you can still you can still stand outside that that church think it's saint michael's you can stand outside the church and you can look in and you can imagine what it must have been like for people hundreds of years ago when they had leprosy i mean talk about being ostracized right there's always been a lot of stigma attached to this disease and this is certainly an underlying theme in luke's account Wherever there are groups in society that the majority are critical of, and this is true in every century, wherever there's groups in society that the majority are critical of, you can be sure Jesus is either speaking with them, eating with them, which in the ancient days was a sign of acceptance. He's either speaking to people who are ostracized, eating with them, healing them or forgiving them or saying, come and follow me, join the group. So it's in the context here, it's the lepers that are the hated group or the, the or at least the group, not necessarily hated, but they're certainly ostracized. So uh, 10 of these lepers call out to Jesus. Verse 13, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priest, which is a kind of an odd thing to say. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to us, but it made perfect sense to the first listeners because in the ancient world, if you had a skin disease, you before you could get back into society, before you could go back to your family, before you could go back to the town, back to the community, you had to go to the priest, and the priest would give you the okay to go back into society. It would be like our our doctors would do. Yeah, you're okay now. You don't have any disease. You can go back to society. So there's this. There's the first lines of the this this story. Ten call out. Jesus says. Go show yourself to the priest. And verse fourteen, this is the this is a crucial line. as they went, they were healed. As they went, they were healed. Now it's a small detail in the account, but there's an important spiritual lesson here. And it's all about timing. They ask Jesus for healing. He says, go show yourself to the priest. At this point in time, they're not healed. Right? They're asked to go ahead, take the steps in faith. And the idea is is that as you're walking there, as you're going to see this priest to get the okay to go back into society, to to go back home, your healing is going to take place. So, when they're standing in front of Jesus and he asks them to go ahead, they're, they're not healed at this point. They've still got the disease. So it's only when they go ahead, it's only when they do what's required that they're met by grace, which means like they're, they're, they're met with this healing. This healing that comes upon them. Now they could have said, What's the point in going to the priest? We're still sick but they didn't. Now, the reason that that's interesting for us is because this is kind of the way that uh, God works with us. We can get stuck emotionally. We can get stuck spiritually, which is kind of similar, emotional. They're all connected. We can get stuck when we don't move ahead in faith. For example a common approach is i want to live a life without resentment or i want to live a life without carrying around a lot of unforgiveness i want to live a life without carrying around a lot of anger but but i can't i can't quite do that until such and such happens fill in the blank So immediately what I've done is, is I've put restrictions upon me being able to live without resentment or anger or unforgiveness or envy or greed or whatever. It doesn't really matter. You see, as soon as I make it dependent upon someone else or something else, I become stuck. Whereas this teaching account is showing us You go ahead and you begin live into how you want to be. Right? Do you want to be content? Do you want to live without fear? Do you want to be strong and courageous? What do you want? Do you want to be more loving? Do you want to be more compassionate? Do you want to be more patient? You get to choose. You get to choose how To live, And this is something that we often forget because we allow our emotions to hijack us. And yet the scripture is continually teaching uh, you get to choose. Your emotions don't get to choose you. You get to choose how much airtime you give your emotions. They're not you. You get to choose how to live. And I think sometimes we can forget this and get stuck. So what this account is showing us is, is that you begin the process, you take the steps of faith, you start to live the way you want to live and God will meet you in the process. So as they went to the priest, these lepers are healed. You know, there's a great line in the Old Testament, it's from Joel three, it says, it's kind of a statement of faith. Let the weak say, I am strong. It's just one line. Let the weak say, I am strong. And it's almost like these ancient prophets are saying, you have to learn how to start speaking truth into your life. You have to start learning how to speak truth to yourself. It's not, let the weak say, (laughs) I am weak. Right? If the weak continually affirm that they're weak, they stay weak. If the anxious continually affirm they're anxious, they stay anxious. In other words, we create create the reality that we live with. Words are very, very powerful. Uh, In fact, uh, Martin Luther believed that words have the power to create our realities. He thought they were so powerful. In other words, what you tell yourself can come to pass, for good or not, or it can completely deplete you, you get to choose. So back to these ten lepers. Uh, As they start the process, as they go to the priest, as they put one foot ahead of the other, as they take that step of faith, which looks like trust, right, same word, faith, trust, they trust that it's going to be good, trust it's going to be okay. God meets them in the process. They're all healed. They're all healed. Now the story takes a a slightly different turn. One returns. And this one happens to be a Samaritan, which doesn't mean much to us, but in that ancient culture, it was the outsider. It was the one who was uh, from the wrong religion. From the wrong tradition. The one in society that was looked down upon. The one who was rejected. So the least likely one came back to speak to Jesus. And thank him. And Jesus uses this as a teaching moment. And he says, where are the other nine? Where's the other nine? Only Only the foreigner returns to give praise to God. In other words, he's saying, that's interesting. The one that nobody likes comes back and recognizes the source. That's interesting. The one that's not supposed to know anything has a lot of insight. Is everybody paying attention here? And he says to the man, the Samaritan, go. Your faith has made you well your faith has made you well now they all went back to the priest to get the okay they got the okay they went back to their homes they went back to their families only one came back to give thanks and Jesus says go your faith has made you well interesting isn't it what about the other nine well the you know the other nine the ones who were healed and left they never returned uh, probably because they just got on with their life they're not necessarily bad people right they're busy they're getting on with life uh, they might be distracted they might be a bit unaware they might be spiritually blind. But the nine who were healed and didn't come back to say thanks, they did as they were told. Jesus didn't say, go, show yourself to the priest and then come back and say thank you, right? It's not a lesson on manners, but it is a lesson on spiritual insight. Only one returned to say thanks because at a deeper level, more than the others, this man had, the Samaritan, he had knowledge and understanding. And it was almost like a knowledge that says, there's something about God in this. There's God's here. Somehow, have you ever had that experience? Something happens and it's like, you know what? I think God's helping me here. I, 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 there's something more than me in this. I think God's helping me. And for the Samaritan, it's like, I've, I've got to go back and acknowledge that. I have to go back to him. I have to go back to him. And he, he goes back to Jesus, and he kneels before him. Actually, he lies prostrate before him. And he gives thanks to him. And Jesus says, your faith has made you well. Now, that word well, in the original language, remember this was written in New Testament Greek, the word sozo, it means Wholeness. It means completeness. Actually, it's where we get the word salvation, which is all about uh, becoming more whole. So Jesus is saying, yeah, you've been healed from your leprosy, which is an amazingly wonderful thing. But then he says, your faith has made you, your trust is bringing you a wholeness. It's bringing you a completeness. The others were cured of the disease, but you're more than cured physically. You are being made complete and whole. Isn't that interesting? It's like you ask Jesus for healing of your leprosy, which is good, right? You go back to thank him, and somehow that insight, that gratitude, puts you in a place for even more healing. For even more healing. And maybe it's even a healing that he didn't even know he needed. It's almost like a second blessing, a deeper healing. See, I think that this is, this is a key thing here. I think this is what God is doing in our lives all the time. Opening us up to this deeper healing, something that makes you more complete. something It's a healing that makes you less fragmented, it's a healing that comes upon you. You're less broken. You're more integrated. And here, of course, this whole idea of gratitude, there's something about there's something about giving thanks. There's something about gratitude recognition. There's something about that recognition of the giver that puts you in a perfect position to receive a deeper healing. Yeah, it's like God has so much more for us than we can ever, ever imagine. Which happens to be, by the way, a line from the New Testament from Ephesians. God can do more. St. Paul wrote this. It's a wonderful promise. God can do more than you could ever imagine. God can do more. We can't imagine all that God can do for us. The scripture teaches us this. And for this Samaritan, yeah, your trust has made you well. Your trust has brought you a wholeness. Your faith has made you well. Yeah, it makes a difference who or what has our attention. And I think the Samaritan is modeling a way of living that brings healing on the inside. This a hidden healing that no one else sees. Oftentimes God frees us, and by the way, inner healing and freedom are closely aligned. You know when you are receiving inner healing because it feels like you are being set free. You're you're not. Uh, held hostage to things that once held you hostage, right? So this Samaritan is modeling a way of living that brings about even more healing and inside healing. It's like he's saying, I'm going back to the source, I can see God in this. It's like he's saying, thank you for helping me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for freeing me. Thank you for your faithfulness. It's like, well, that's really, thank you for noticing me. That's what he's saying, isn't it? Thank you that you even notice me. I mean, that's amazing grace, isn't it? That kind of recognition. Thank you that you even notice me. It puts us in the perfect position for more healing. Puts us in the perfect position for more help, more strength, more wisdom. It's like, oh yeah, there's there's the heart cry. Thank you that you even notice me and that you desire to bring more and more healing into my life that I might be made whole that I might be more integrated more at peace more complete yeah well thank you for joining me you've been listening to Celtic Preacher join with me again next week for another episode